in a series uh, called Unshaken, and it's from Psalm 23. And we've been talking about, and hopefully over the weeks, you've been getting the idea that uh, the Lord is our shepherd, that the Lord is our guide, the Lord is um, uh, the one that wants to uh, um, guide you in paths, wants to speak to you, wants to um, um, maybe give you some advice, (laughs) and that the Lord is our shepherd. He's there to provide for us. And so this morning, we're in verse 3. We've been going verse by verse, and we're in verse 3. Uh, on He guides us on right paths. A few years ago, uh, Lisa and I were invited to a, uh, a wedding. And, uh, and so I'll, give you, I'll show you the map of where the wedding was. It was right off the 15. And, uh, it, and if you were to go the right way, you would go up the 15. You'd get off at like a canyon drive. And then you'd just go and there's, there's where the end is. It's just that be And that's a normal road. And it's super, super easy. Well, at the time that I was going there, I, uh, Siri had just come out on the iPhone. Now, just so you're clear, Siri does not understand English. Um, and so uh, I, I was really excited because I could finally have a, a, like a GPS. Because I don't know if you're, if you're married or you're in a relationship where one person in the relationship and the other person in the relationship have different concepts of space and time. Uh, and so I wanted someone to tell me exactly how long it was going to take me to get to the wedding. And so I plug in the information and um, Siri does her thing and she tells me, you know, go up the 15. And, and then I started losing cell connection. And so um, she forgot to tell me to turn. And so what was supposed to look like this actually ended up looking like this. I promise you that is the actual route we took. And, and it, it got worse because the roads you see me driving erratically on was actually the road. It was a fire road. And once I had gotten on it, um, I could see on the map where I was supposed to go because Siri recal- we got cell service and Siri recalculated for me. And I'm like, wow, that looks a lot different than the first time, but I'm already on the road, so I might as well just follow it. Here's a topographical view of uh, where I actually <laughs> was. You think I'm joking. This is real. This really happened. As a matter of fact, my car, I had a 2000 Nissan Altima. <laughs> This, this doesn't even begin to do justice of what my car, am I right? Really? Of, of what the car looked like. It was just caked in dirt. And speaking of cake, that's when we got to the wedding. That's how long it, <laughs> it took us, okay? So it was, just, it was just caked in dirt. Now, this, I promise you, is an actual picture of the, of the road. You're not going to believe me, but this is an actual picture of the road. And yes, I took my Nissan Altima. Now, it doesn't, we didn't take it up that way. It kind of became more of a normal fire road after that big dip. But, um, and that's not my Jeep, but that was, that, was, that was the road I was on. So let's... let's uh, Let's review. (laughs) That is the road we took when we could have just taken a straight line. Now, here's the thing about getting lost. 
Before you realize you're lost, you're lost. Lost happens many times long before you realize you're lost. So if I were to show you, uh, I was supposed to take this line uh, to there, right? Uh, Siri recalculated. About there, I was lost. (laughs) But I didn't know it. I didn't realize I was lost till right up around this area. (laughs) Now that space, that gap between when I was lost, but didn't know it, to when I realized was lost, is tragic. Because I can't, I can't get that time back. I can't get any of that back. It's, it's done. That is the lost section of my lostness. And had I just turned around, I could, have, I could have fixed it. Except for the fact that, oh, you couldn't turn around. The road was like this wide. Okay, so, uh, And if you're wondering why I didn't pull over and ask for directions, there were no people there. Okay, so you got to let me off the hook. But it's fine in a wedding. We showed up, we missed the wedding, we at least got to the reception on time, uh, and, and that, that was great. And I wasn't doing the wedding, <laughs> praise, <laughs> praise God, so that was great. Um, but what happens when you get lost in a relationship, and it takes you two, three years before you realize this is not a good relationship to be in? What if you're getting lost in your finances, in a couple purchases, and It takes you another mistake, another mistake, another mistake, another mistake, another mistake until you realize, oh man, my my finances are messed up. What if you get lost in uh, just a decision you make? You, you, You just make one wrong turn and you're going down and everything seems just fine and then all of a sudden you look at your life and you go, man, how do I get that back? Well, what I wanna hopefully do this morning is encourage you um, that you have a heavenly father that in verse 3 says he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. You have a heavenly father that looks at your life, knows who you are, knows your strengths, your weaknesses, knows the state of your soul, and has right paths for you to take. Now, there are some paths that are, that are gray areas. You know, I don't think the Lord, when I woke up this morning, I didn't hold up two shirts, one black and one red, and say, Lord, please guide me and speak to me. And the Lord's like, the black one. You know, and I'm like, oh, sweet. I wanted to wear the black one. Right? That, those are, that's, that's nothing. There are other, other things. You know, what do I eat? What do I do? But then there gets to be these specific things. Should I get in that car? Should I go to that party? Should I make this purchase? Should I, should I, should I? And you have a heavenly father, your shepherd, who wants to guide you down the right path. Now, if you've memorized this, you've heard this before uh, in, in some of the different versions. New American Standard is one of them that says, lead me in paths of righteousness. And so we tend to think of righteousness as, as ro- like like um, not sinning. He leads me in paths of not sinning. But it's it's so much more than that. It leads me in paths of rightness. 
And so your path for what God wants you to do, yes, there's the sins that apply to all of us that you shouldn't be doing. And then there's your path, your right path. For you, God might withhold something that he doesn't withhold from me. For you, God might bless you with something that he doesn't bless me with. That you have a path that he wants to guide you through. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something totally different than I've done in years and years and years and years. I have a sermon that has 10 points, okay? Normally, my sermon has one point, uh, or it doesn't have any points, and I'm just talking about the Bible, okay? Uh, so those are, those are my two preaching styles, one point or no points, okay? Now you've got 10 points, because I have a lot to make up for, uh, a lot of points. But um, I, I had a lot of fun preparing it, and so uh, at least one of us will be having fun this morning. All right, so how do, you, how do you get down the right path? How do you listen to your Heavenly Father? How do you know what to do? And I'm going to give you 10 points. There's actually more. You can, you can think about it yourself, and you can hit me up on Facebook and uh, give me your ideas. But the first thing is to establish your goal. Where are you going? Where, where, where are you going? If, if you want to go on a path, every path leads to a destination. And so that's the problem with paths. Once you get on one, it might be too long before you realize, oh man, this is not the destination I want to end up at. So you got to figure out what's your goal. Now here's, here's the goal you can always have. Jesus. Jesus is the goal. To be like Christ. And so instead of saying something like, in my life, I, I want to be happy, that's a dumb goal, okay? I mean, unless it's your goal, and then if you believe it, you can achieve it. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nebulous goal. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. Here's a better goal. How do I, in my singleness, be like Christ? How do I, in my marriage, be like Christ? How do I, if I'm a student in my school, walk through my classes and get my work done and do my things as Christ would do that? That's the path you're looking for. In all my decisions, in my finances, how, how do I spend my money, save my money, give my money like Christ? If he had my bank account, what would it look like? That's a better goal. Because that doesn't necessarily lead to happiness, it leads to joy. That Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. And so, establish your goal, Jesus. Jesus said it this way, and at every point I have, I'm going to have a, um, a ver a, a say, something Jesus said, because he's our goal. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so to experience the fullness of your heavenly Father as shepherd, it has to start with Jesus. And first, it starts with making him Lord of your life, saying, I'm going to submit my life to Christ. And then, it doesn't just end there, then it becomes, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, and I want to be guided on the right paths for the situation and the life stage I am in now. Some of you are in retirement, and God has a right path for your retirement. And so, uh, establish your goal, and that's Jesus. The second thing is choose the voices you will listen to. Choose the voices you're going to listen to. Have you ever been in a car um, with a bunch of kids? Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a nightmare. 
It's, it's especially if they're rambunctious kids. Now, fortunately, my kids are angels, and they never did anything wrong. But if you're trying to drive, and you're trying to get directions, and you're trying to figure out, maybe you're in a city that you don't understand, all those voices are confusing. And, you know, this is why my dad, my, what my dad would do, because this was, he was, it was back in the day when you could do stuff like this. He would be driving with one hand, and he'd be sweeping his hand back to get the trifecta where he would hit my brother, me, and my sister. My sister, me, and my brother. And he would just be going until we like calm, calm down. You can't, you can't do that anymore, but that's, that's what it was. Too many voices. Listen, you, if you want to be guided down paths of righteousness, of rightness, the number one voice, number one out of all the voices you could possibly find is the word of God. You start with the word of God and you move from there. And so if you're not daily in the word of God, if you're not immersing yourself in the word of God, you're going to be missing out on the most important voice you have. And then you move from there and you you, you find people that you trust, that you listen to and all that. But there's Right now in our, in our culture, we just have so many voices. My, my phone will alert me to everything all the time, constantly, constantly, constantly. There's billboards everywhere. There's radio. Now there's XM and there's uh, Spotify and all. There's just more and more and more and more. You can get news anytime you want. And a lot of it is just clearing it out, choosing the voices you will listen to. Jesus said this, my sheep listen to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And so choose the voices you're going to listen to. Thirdly, understand that this is a journey. (laughs) That this walking with Christ is a journey. And there's going to be traffic. And there's going to be flat tires. And there's going to be accidents. And there's going to be things you don't understand that happen. But as God guides you through paths of rightness. Not all righteous paths are paved. Matter of fact, very few of them are. That, that, that the, the paths of righteousness are often, they're not paved. And so there's times where you get to a place in your life or in your journey with Christ where you go, why are we here? Why are we doing this? It doesn't mean it's not a right path. It just means that in this journey of following Christ, some things come up. Jesus said it this way. He said, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Now, you'd think that right after you have peace, he'd say, now here's a cupcake, (laughs) you know, right? But he goes on, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. You absolutely will have trouble. And oftentimes what happens is when we're on the right path, the path we know God has for us, it begins to get difficult and our temptation is to jump to a paved path. One that looks easier, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right path. He says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Understand that this is a journey. Number four, emulate those that are succeeding. You can look around and you can see people who are farther down the road than you may be. Or maybe they've just, they're better at navigating things. Emulate those people. The people in your life that you see that go, man, how in the world do they have peace in this situation? If it were me, there's no way I could. Well, find out. Ask them. 
find out what, 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 they, what they're doing. You know, find out how God's been working in their life. Find out, emulate those people. And see, look what Jesus says. He says, uh, very truly I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. Now, if our goal, if our number one uh, goal in life is to be like Christ in everything, how we work, how we play, how we uh, entertain ourselves, if we're to be like Christ, um, Christ followed his heavenly father. Now, we can't follow our Heavenly Father because we can't see Him. We don't, His thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. So Jesus comes to be God in the flesh. If God were here, if God were one of us, just a slob like, no, I just, I don't, just in case you guys know that song. Sorry. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's a song. Anyway. But if God were one of us, what, what, what would He do? How would He live? What would He do? Well, that's Jesus. And there are people around you in their life that are now emulating Jesus. Emulate those people. Find them and emulate them. Uh, choose those that are succeeding. Number, number, succeeding. number five, uh, take someone with you. Take someone with you on this journey. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that allows for a Christian to walk through their Christianity alone. It's, it's actually foreign to the Bible. Like completely foreign to the Bible. So if, if you think you can, you know, raise your hand, accept Christ, listen to podcasts, listen to, uh, you know, read books or whatever, it, that, that, isn't, that, that doesn't make any theological sense. That you should always have someone with you. I mean, I can give you a whole bunch of examples. From the very beginning, uh, people who are following Christ or following God are called God's people. That there's, there's this communal element to it. I've said this many, many times before. The church just, meet, church just means gathering. That there's a gathering. Throughout the New Testament, throughout the New Testament, there are specific commands. Specific commands that cannot be done without somebody else. We call them the one another's. You know, uh, be kind to one another. You know, uh, be patient with one another. All these different one another's. You cannot do that on your own. You can't be kind to somebody by yourself. Okay? Uh, And so take someone with you. Jesus says this, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. In other words, as people see you and I interacting with each other, serving each other, laying down our lives for each other, not just thinking about ourselves, they'll go, man, that's, those are followers of Jesus. I can just, I can just tell. But take someone with you. Uh, You know what's interesting? It doesn't even have to be another believer. (laughs) I take people on my spiritual journey who don't uh, even believe in God or aren't, aren't even maybe part of a church or whatever. I just tell them what, what I'm going through, what, what the Lord's doing in my life. And I'm not preaching to them. I'm not doing anything. I'm just telling them, you know, this is my journey. And I had one friend. And, uh, and so I'd, I'd talk about my faith. And so um, she starts sending me these emails like these inspiration, like to help me with my faith, like inspirational emails about Jesus, right? Like she doesn't even go to church. And she's like, oh, I found another one. You know, if, if there's, you know, one set of footprints, that's when he was carrying you. I'm like, no, that's probably when I wandered off. But uh, anyway, thank you very much for the inspirational thing. And so in, 
in, in inspiring me with all these inspirational things, she started going to church, right? And, and now, now she's a follower of Jesus. And so you can take lots of different people on your journey with you, but don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. One of the things that comes up with a lot of Christians is they feel like, well, you know, I can't, I can't be public about it because I'm not far enough down the right path. I just stepped on the path and I, and I really want to jump off every day, but I'm on it. And I just, don't, I don't think, I don't think I should. You, you absolutely invite people into that journey. Let them see what it's like to walk with Jesus. How sometimes it's difficult. Number six, be comfortable with discomfort. This is a picture of my daughter. Uh, and she's the one swimming. And that big giant mouth you see, that's an actual mouth of a whale shark. Um, and uh, here's the thing. I can almost guarantee you, I will never swim with a whale shark. Okay? Not because of the whale part. It's the shark part. Okay? And so I... I will miss out on this experience, okay? She's a lot braver than I am in almost every area of her life. And, uh, but she's swimming towards the mouth of a whale shark. I, I wish you could see how big this thing actually was. I had another picture, but I didn't want to inundate you with pictures. But that will never be me. But guess what? I'm going to miss out on swimming with whale sharks because I'd rather be in a beach chair on the beach watching somebody jump off a boat and swim with whale sharks. Now, that's great for whale sharks. But some of us here, if I can just be honest, you're just comfortable. And you're wondering why the Lord isn't doing more in your life or why this walk in faith isn't more exciting or why. It might be because you're just not risking enough. That you're, you're comfortable where you are. You're comfortable with how you spend your time and everything and, 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 and your walk with Jesus kind of fits in your life really well right now. And that's, that's great. That's, that's fantastic. But I just think that a lot of times the Lord asks for so much more. One of the times um, uh, Jesus was out and um, he's with his disciples and there's all sorts of, it's like 5,000 people. And, um, you know, Jesus could have easily just like done the I dream a genie thing and just food just pops up and all. But he, he stops there and he goes, they, they said, hey, we got to send these people home. And he says, will you feed them? And just to let that sit with the disciples, like, like you feed them. And then I'll bet Jesus was just quiet. Like, and they're like, and? <laughs> like, what? And just to let them in that discomfort. They grew so much from that experience of being uncomfortable. And then Jesus, of course, comes through at the very end. And there just might be a place in your life right now where you need to shake it up a little bit. Not for the sake of making it harder. It's not that harder is better. But there just might be some spaces in your life, your finances, your time, where it's just too comfortable and you're going to miss out swimming with whale sharks. Jesus says this, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Is the road you're traveling just a little too paved and wide? Number seven. Know the cost of the trip. I don't know if this looks familiar to anybody. <laughs> Anyone from Garden Grove? That is, a, that is a building 
on the corner of Brookhurst and Garden Grove Boulevard. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's called the Garden Grove Galleria, okay? And, um, and listen, leave the city alone for this until you've actually had to lead through something like this. It's difficult. I know everybody has an idea of what should happen to that, and, and I'm sure your idea is correct, but uh, it's hard to figure out what, what you're going to do. But what happened was um, about 10 years ago, this building was started. It was going to be 66 condos and a mixed-use uh, thing with some shops and stuff like that. And like everything else, it, it's now mired in this lawsuit uh, because Cathay Bank, who funded it, didn't realize that it would... Uh, go this much and so they anyway they I don't know who's right and who's wrong I really don't care um, there's a really really great ramen place right next door to this by the way this sermon brought to you by Budatan ramen yes it's like it's almost like being in Japan that's not their slogan but it is it's mine okay and so know the cost of that so so what happened was they start this building uh, and 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 they get into it and all of a sudden now like when I showed the picture you all laughed Right? Because it's, Jesus even said that. He said that, uh, uh, who builds a tower without first counting the cost? Right? He says this to his disciples. He said, if, if you do that, people will look and they'll, they'll mock you because you, you, you started something and you couldn't finish it. If you know the cost of discipleship, if you start out your morning going, today, this journey costs me my life. This journey costs me my comfort. This journey costs me my pride. This journey costs me my selfishness. This journey costs me everything. This journey to follow Jesus. Jesus, when he came to the disciples, this is what he said to them. Follow me. That's it. He didn't say, hey, here's, here's my, I, I have a mission statement and here's my five-year plan and take a look at it and you don't have to sign right now. I'll come back and we can talk it over. Follow me. It says they dropped their nets and started following him. That's the cost of discipleship. Jesus says it this way. He said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Know the cost of discipleship. Number eight, never give up. <laughs> never give up. To become like Christ, did <laughs> Dave, I hear, hear him laughing over there. Uh, to become like Christ is difficult. And you're going to have successes, and you're going to have failures, and you're going to have dry periods in your life. You're going to have times in your life when you wonder, is God even real? You're going to have people around you going, why do you keep doing this? Why are you going to church? Why do you, why do, you do that? Why don't you go this way? What, uh, do you even believe the Bible? All this kind of stuff. Never, never, never give up. Your journey with Christ is a journey of chapters and seasons. And times of plenty. Times of wonder. We just saw last week. He leads us, besides, uh, he leads us uh, in green pastures. He leads us beside the quiet waters. He restores our soul. As we'll see next week, he also leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. That shepherd is leading us on a journey. Never give up. Some of you might be at a time right now where you're just, you're just at the brink. Where you're going, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. And God hasn't answered. I have absolutely, absolutely been there. Where I'm just like, why even pray? He's going to do what he does. And as I look back over my life in these different seasons when it's been dry, 
And, it's been, and some of them have been while I'm a pastor, which is really embarrassing, by the way. Uh, there's been times where I, I, I've been like, man, what in the world? And I look back and I'm like, man, that's when I was strengthened. That's what I, I came out of it going, okay, I have a different view of God now. Never give up. He's there. He's with you. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. He's talking about the cost of discipleship and all this kind of stuff. You have to hate, you know, he uses this language. You got to hate your mother and father. You know, you, it's like he's just trying to get them riled up. Like, man, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get hard. You're going to have some really difficult conversations. And by yourself, it is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible. It's really, really cool. Never give up. Number nine, celebrate how far you've come. So uh, this is a picture of a lady uh, smoking on an airplane. Um, and the captain is lighting her cigarette. So uh, I was in a plane. We were coming back from Portland just a few weeks ago from a wedding. And, um, and we had a lot of weddings in this sermon. Uh, and so uh, we're flying from Portland to Long Beach. And it's cramped. And, and it's just like... It, it's, we had to wake up at some incredibly insane, I think it started with a four. Anyway, um, and so uh, we had to get up, we had to get to the airport, we had to drop off our rental car, we, had to, we got on the plane, it's all cramped. We had to put our luggage, you know, we didn't have enough room like right above us, so then you had to put it behind. So you know that when the plane lands, you have to go, excuse me, can you go in and hand me that thing? And so, and, and um, all the shades were down on the plane, except for the one lady across from us had hers up. And the sun, the morning sun was just like hitting me across the face. And I knew I was going to get a migraine and I was just frustrated and all that. And seriously, the first thought that came to my mind was, can you imagine if there was a guy next to me He's just like, so where are you coming from? You know, and it's just like smoke. Like, can you believe that at one point you could be 30,000 feet in the air with like a flaming stick in your hand? We've come a long way. I'm glad that like helps me. And then I started thinking the other way. Like, I would have like just a hundred and something years ago, I'd be taking like a horse. (laughs) To go from Portland to, to uh, Long Beach. Like that would be horrible. I can handle an hour and 45 minutes. Some of you, you need to look at your spiritual life and stop and look how far you've come. Yes, what you're going through now might be difficult. We have someone in our church. This, this weekend was their first, was one year sober. One year sober. Do you, now, now, I realize how difficult that is and, and how, you know, kind of moving to the next thing and they're working on stuff in their life, but stop. Get your pin. Celebrate. And some of you are, are get so amped up about your spiritual life and where the Lord is. Look back and go, you know what? I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I realize that. But look how far I've come. Look at the things that used to bother me. I used to be so angry. Now I'm just bitter. No, I'm just kidding. That was, that was a joke. That, that was a joke. Don't look at me like that, okay? Right? I was so angry, and now those things don't bother me anymore. 
I used to be so wrapped up in myself and now I serve, now I, now I give. And, now I, and yeah, maybe you're not right where you want to be. Maybe when you look at yourself, you don't necessarily see a complete Jesus. But you're farther along the path than you were before. Celebrate how far you, you've come. Jesus said this, when he heard this, he was amazed. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, he was talking to the centurion uh, this, uh, who said, just, Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus freaks out and he goes, I tell you, I've not found such great faith even in Israel. This guy hadn't accepted Jesus. He hadn't become a Jew. He hadn't done anything. But he'd taken a step of faith in Christ. And finally, you will arrive. You will arrive. This is a picture of a lizard <laughs> who's holding on to a leaf and it looks like a guitar. This is not photoshopped. This is a real picture. I know because I took it off the internet and it said, <laughs> it said that it was real. So, uh, but no matter what you're going through now, you're going to make it. Look at, look at what Jesus says. He's on the cross. And you've got one, one uh, robber mocking him, going, hey, how come you can't get yourself off the cross? What, you know, what's going on? And then you have this other robber. All he does is he just says, would you just remember me? Would you just remember me? And, and it's just shocking to me. First of all, just the juxtaposition of the two the two thieves, like if you're hanging on a cross, why, why, how would you even have the energy to like make fun of Jesus? I don't even get that. But this other guy is just like, remember me. And Jesus says this, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. No matter how far we get on our journey to become like Christ, and that is the ultimate goal, there's going to come a day for all of us when we stand before our Heavenly Father. And, and we, we stand before him and through the blood of Christ, through what Christ did on the cross, when he says, well done, good and faithful servant, all those things you're struggling with now, the finances, the relationships, the pains, the aches and pains as we get older, the, uh, all, all the different things, the loss, all of it goes away in an instant. You will make it. But in the meantime, I want to read one section of scripture as the worship band returns. In the meantime, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. This is, this is the wisest person who ever lived, Solomon, who's writing these things. And he's like, man, if I could just say something. He's writing to his sons. He just says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. And he says this, in all your ways, all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. He guides me in right paths, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We are going to um, take some time together and this is one of the reasons why we love it when you're here. Uh, communion is one of those things uh, that is designed to be taken together. Uh, and so um, what we do is uh, we put the, we have the ushers on either side. And um, uh, when you're ready, uh, we'd love to have you join us in communion. And so 
uh, where communion comes from, it's a remembrance of what Christ did on the cross. On the night that Christ was betrayed, uh, they were having the Passover meal, and the Passover represented this sacrificial lamb. And basically what Jesus did is he he took the Passover and, and he personalized it. And he took the bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. And so we have little wafers, and that represents Christ's body. It represents uh, your shepherd that died for you, that wants to guide you now. And then he took, in the same way, he took the, the wine, and he blessed that. And he said, this is my blood, which has been poured out for the remission of sins. Whenever you take and drink of this, remember me. Now, for us, we think of blood as like, oh, that's weird. But at that time, they all knew about the sacrifice. The sacrifice was a normal part of, of, of the, their routine, of their celebration of their Heavenly Father, of the forgiveness of sins. And so wherever you are on your path of becoming more like Christ, you are welcome to take part in communion as a remembrance of what Christ did, as a remembrance of that's my goal. He is my goal. And so I'll pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for um, your sacrifice. Lord, not, not just the sacrifice on the cross, which is incredible in and of itself, but the sacrifice at every single day, every single thought, every single action was submitted to your heavenly Father as an example for us to follow and an encouragement that you made it And so we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.